G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 13 of the Outback Mine podcast. Very, uh, very pleased and privileged to have a gentleman by the name of Tom Cronin on with me today. Now, Tom Cronin is a basically a world-renowned mindfulness teacher. Um, he started up the Stillness Project here in Australia a few years ago, which is very much mainstream in trying to teach people or basically giving people tools to be able to learn meditation quite simply. Now, Tom, since then, has become uh, one of the world's, I suppose, most uh, followed mindfulness meditation teachers. He's also a retreat host and also a filmmaker. So he's got a, a film coming out called The Portal uh, and also a book uh, by the same name, which is all about raising consciousness and awareness to the gift of life that we all have, uh, which a lot of us don't actually see because we're too busy in the grind and sort of too swept away from uh, what the, the universal gifts that we all have available to us um, are and how they basically can be accessed. So I've got Tom on the line. He's going to speak to us more about that and also a lot, uh, a lot to do with men's well-being and, and uh, general health in, um, in, in its essence, I suppose. Tom's had an interesting journey and we're going to hear all about that uh, today. So uh, I'll bring Tom on. How are you going, mate? It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me along tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm really grateful for you being here. Um, uh, we are just sort of talking about having sort of similar journeys uh, with regards to getting to this stage in our lives and how life sort of unfolded for both of us and uh, you know how I suppose beautiful it is when we sort of face adversity and we sort of move through that and be able to you know live our our best lives I suppose so Tom you know really really grateful and pleased to have you along onto this podcast it's only pretty young but uh, certainly it's going really well it's hitting um, uh, lots of communities throughout rural Australia and, and lots of guys out there that are just uh, hungry for content on uh, on men's health and how they can improve their own lives so Mate, I'm really, really um, pleased to have you here, and just it's going to be a great conversation over the next period to be able to talk about that. And uh, mate, I'd really love to sort of give us, um, or for you to give us a bit of a snapshot of your background, where you were brought up, where you come from, uh, how your journey sort of unfolded till now. Yeah, sure. Gosh, that's a a <laughs> big story that I can. I'll have to condense quite uh, quite tightly. <laughs> Not a doubt. Um, look up. I grew up in the country, uh, a small little town called Thelmere, which is um, on the outskirts of Sydney now. It was very rural when I grew up as a kid, but uh, Sydney sort of expanded into into that rural region. And um, it was a beautiful, wholesome, you know, childhood, you know, on the farm. And I really loved being out in amongst nature a lot as a kid. But then, you know, when I left home, I... uh, went into do a degree in uni, but I ended up landing a job in finance. I just had some time to fill in before uni started, so I applied for a bunch of jobs. Next thing I knew it, I'm on a trading room floor in the late 80s, uh, 1987 actually, on a massive trading room floor, very much like Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. And um, for anyone who's watched the film that's listening, he started his career and walked onto that trading room floor that we saw in 1987, and that was the year I started my career as well. He was 22 and I was 19. Jeez. And so that was like a turning point in the trajectory of my life. And I, I went down into that sort of wild west of the finance markets in the late 80s, early 90s, and it was very exciting. It was very dramatic. It was um, very debauched and very decadent. And before long, 
were doing a lot of drugs and drinking and partying and all sorts of crazy things mm. and got swept along by that culture. And what ended up happening was I started getting a lot of extreme symptoms showing up in my body that was my body letting me know that things just weren't right the way I was living my life. And what we get are these symptoms and a symptoms like a red light on your, on your car or your truck that is letting you know that there's a problem underneath the bonnet and you need to stop doing what you're doing and have a look at what's causing that red light to come on. Mm. And what I was doing was ignoring the red light, pretending it didn't exist and ignoring the symptoms. So my symptoms were like anxiety, insomnia, agitated, just feeling very restless, um, starting to feel a bit quite emotional and moody, um, but just thinking that it was normal. I was making a ton of money, doing lots of partying and, and just I could just keep doing what I'm doing. And if we ignore symptoms, and if anyone's got any symptoms, it's a clear indication that we need to stop doing what we're doing and have a look at what's causing the symptom. Mm. And what we tend to do in our world these days, unfortunately, Western medicine isn't really that interested in prevention. It's really interested in trying to get rid of the symptom. Mm. So they give you lots of tablets. Mm. That's the best thing that they know. If I can just give you a tablet, hopefully that symptom will go away. It's like, well, what caused the symptom in the first place? Yes. Oh, we don't need to worry about that. And so I ignored the symptoms and eventually what happens if we ignore symptoms, they just get worse and worse and worse. Yes. And then eventually for me, that culminated in 1996, after 10 years of living that lifestyle, into a, a very dark night of the soul where I, I had a nervous uh, breakdown. Mm. I was sent to a psych clinic. I was put on pharmaceutical drugs. I was seeing psychiatrists and psychologists. I was uh, put on a kind of suicide watch with the hospital uh, or had to report in. Uh, I was not in a very good way and really questioning whether I wanted to continue on with life. Mm. And uh, it was during that time I developed agoraphobia and uh, agoraphobia is the inability to leave the safe space of a particular location. So for me, it was my home. And the idea of leaving the house was too overwhelming. It was too big a demand on my nervous system. Getting on a bus, going to work, I couldn't face that. And so, uh, excuse my talk. <laughs> and so um, what, what ended up happening was um, during this window of time where I had agoraphobia, I was watching TV at home. And 1996 with agoraphobia kind of sucks because you can't, uh, have any internet you don't have netflix there's no uh you know spotify it was kind of pretty boring so all you've got is basically uh free-to-air tv and i was watching a documentary on this free-to-air tv channel and it was about a property developer a very successful uh businessman and he was meditating and they did a little tiny section of the story about him meditating and i was like wow that's so cool uh that's something that i could do he was in a suit sitting in a chair meditating no lotus no fancy clothes no shaved head and it was like this light bulb moment for me and so that's where i decided i needed to do something like that and i, I distinctly remember that moment so clearly to this day 25 years ago where i went and picked up the yellow pages and i opened it up on the coffee table and i opened it up to m for meditation and i scrolled down and i started ringing all the different meditation centers and starting to inquire about how to learn to meditate. Mm. And that really was the start of my turning point into Eastern philosophy, meditation, mindfulness, spirituality. And, uh, yeah, that was the beginning of my, my journey down that rabbit hole. Now, what did happen, just to shorten the end of that story, is that I, I learned to meditate. 
I threw away the drugs. I got rid of the psychiatrist, the psychologist. And I'm not advocating that for anyone listening, by the way. It was just what I did in my journey. And the meditation was like a game changer for me. I went back to my job with the same clients, the same company, the same chair, the same phone for 16 more years as a broker, mm. doing the same job, but just not drinking, taking drugs, but meditating and being a peaceful broker. Mate, incredible. So you actually like, yeah, that, 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 that role took you to that dark, dark place and you basically sort of rediscovered yourself, but then it's really courageous that you actually found uh, yourself back into it, I guess. Yeah, you know, and this is the thing that I talk about a lot of my presentations is that it's not, the, the, it's not like we have stressful situations. We just have situations. My job was a situation and whether I had a stress response or not, that's the variable. And we can be in situations without having a stress response. Mm. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, you're right. It's just a matter of how, how your nervous system is, is basically functioning at that, uh, at that period of time and how you can respond to or react to uh, particular situations which may potentially agitate the mind if, it, uh, if it's uh, out of balance. 100%, yeah, absolutely. That's what I teach. Mm. Yeah, mate, uh, amazing like that. That's, I never knew that about you, that you actually went, went back into it after you sort of had that, uh, that breakdown. So, mate, that's, uh, that's beautiful. You can actually share that with us and, uh, and how that sort of unfolded. So you've come a long way since then. Like, obviously, the, uh, the finance industry would have been quite lucrative. Uh, and you basically had the ability to be able to move out of that and do what you're doing now. Yeah, look, I mean, it was, uh, you know, I left at the heart of my career. I uh, was doing very, very well after 26 years. The longer I was in it, the, the you know, easier and better you get at it because you get more familiar with it all and um i just knew at some point that uh, i it wasn't it wasn't what i was here to do it wasn't the point of my life and i knew that um, my experience was here to be used in a bigger better way and so i decided that i firstly wanted to start teaching people how to meditate so that was the starting point of my journey out of that career to, to get qualified as a meditation teacher and start teaching meditation and and that was yeah that was the first step into uh, you know now these days coaching and running retreats and having a film out and books published amazing what did you do with regards to taking that step did you have someone mentor you or did, or did you go down like the buddhist path or did you find uh, a teacher somewhere that could actually like support you through this people as well as said you know it's that process quite a challenge, you know, to have a spiritual mentor, a meditation mind, which makes a huge difference. So I definitely had uh, a teacher and multiple teachers to support and guide me uh, on that way. I learned a technique from a qualified teacher and studied with that teacher for quite some time. I ended up going to India to become, uh, to do my teacher training and advanced spirituality courses there and in Bali as well. So, um, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a process of, you know, ongoing learning and, gr- and growing. Amazing, mate. It's, it's a big step because back then, uh, I was thinking this maybe early 2000s or maybe uh, a bit after, but to, to be able to break away from the mainstream and say, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to take this path is a, is a big step. I know it was for me to be able to, to move away from the traditional stuff and just sort of uh, take, take that as a, as, a, as a, 
a part of me because I wanted to grow uh, in that realm. Like a lot of my family still feel, still think I'm weird because <laughs> I do this stuff, you know, but that's just taboo because I guess we've all just been educated to support the economy and we don't really understand uh, that the higher consciousness that's all available, it's basically available to us all. If we, we sort of let go and be able to uh, develop a practice which connects us. And I think a lot of the lifestyle that we've got actually really disconnects us. So. You've um you, you've 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 done a done an amazing thing by taking yourself on that journey. So, what did it look like when you stepped into another country and started to learn? Um, you know, it, it, I wasn't there for too long. You know, I had kids, and it was one of the things that you don't have to go to another country to find uh, you know a calmer, more joyful, more conscious existence. You know, for me, that was what was required at that time to do some advanced teacher training, but mm. um, I just want to make sure people understand, you know, it was it was only there for a short period of time, but what was really a big thing for me was, you know, being with a family and, and integrating my studies and my learning and my meditation practice into daily life. So it doesn't have to be an extreme event for it to be part of your existence. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Did you find when you started this process like your mind was quite busy or were you able to sort of follow a practice like a mantra or something which actually gave you the ability to be able to help the mind settle more quickly? Yeah, look, I used a technique of meditation that did use a mantra and that allowed for a deep, what we call transcendent experience quite quickly. Mm. Uh, what that means to transcend means to for the mind to go into stillness, to go beyond thinking. Mm. When the mind goes beyond thinking, you go beyond your identity, you go beyond your thoughts, you go beyond your emotions, and even to some degree, you go beyond your physical form and you experience a deep, spacious stillness. And uh, for me, you know, it was something that I could experience quite quickly and quite easily. And uh, it really was very compelling for me to keep going back because that experience was so beautiful. Mm. And that was the, I think that was the, the power of the technique that I was using, um, mm. that I still use to this day and I still teach to this day, is to, to have that experience of going into deep transcendence. Yeah, sure. So, so that's repeating a mantra. Is it using, using, say, a mudra and that type of thing as well? Just so, so people are aware there are mudras where you're sort of touching fingers. It activates both, hem- both hemispheres in the brain primarily and helps the nervous system settle down but is your practice using using a mudra is it actually using a mantra at the same time or yeah no we don't use them i mean uh, the mudra is there if you want to use them but we don't emphasize the need for it um because we just predominantly rely on the mantra to still the mind Mm. um and so it's just really the basic premise of it is you sit in a comfortable chair with your eyes closed your back supported and you repeat the mantra and um, let the the rest of the process just naturally unfold as it does. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, pretty easy, I guess, at the end of the day. And you hit on the, uh, the importance of ha- having someone lead you through this. I think that's really important to have a guide because I know when I first started meditation, I used to have to push my body really hard so my mind would be settled enough so I could actually be still and just sit there and breathe. And that would actually like really help me... Uh, sort of transcend primarily because I'd already done a lot of exercise to get myself to a stage where my mind wasn't so busy or beating me up about what I what I hadn't done and all those sorts of things, you know, made me, uh, made me accountable basically because I had to sort of sit and then that stillness sort of got made me more curious. So I sort of went into Buddhism and so forth from there just to learn a bit more about the mind. But uh, you know, I sort of went from that to able to, be, uh, to explore the physical body. So helping the 
the body or the mind settle through yoga, uh, which is a beautiful practice, which has been around for thousands of years, you know. So I sort of got away from pushing the body hard more into a fluent movement, which is very much like transcending, I suppose. And it sort of gets you back to a state of equilibrium. Do, do you agree? It sort of helps the, the mind settle. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's very important to look at this in a holistic way. And, you know, we do have a physical body that needs to be, um, you know, treated with respect. I, for me, I have a, a spreadsheet. This is going to be a bit anal, but uh, it's, a, it's a process that I use. And I call it the seven S's for successful health. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I look at my week and I make sure that I'm ticking seven of these S's to get well-being. So one of them is sprints. I do sprints probably three times a week. That's short bursts of cardio. Mm-hmm. I do uh, sweat. So I do probably two to three uh, saunas a week where I sweat out toxins. Mm-hmm. I do stretching. So that's two to three yoga classes a week. Uh, I do strengthening. So I do two to three gym classes a week. That's working out with weights. So that's heavy weights to help for muscle mass and bone density. Mm. Um, I do studies, so that's reading or podcasts where I'm adding some you know, further knowledge. And I do stillness, which is making sure I obviously meditate uh, regularly every day for me. Mm. And then the last S is, is sleep. So, I mean, some will say sex, but sleep, <laughs> um, because you know, it's important that we have uh, naps. You know, obviously we sleep every night, but for me, um, if you can't get naps during the week because you work nine to five, definitely on weekends, I'm a big fan of getting extra levels of sleep. We just don't sleep enough and we need to have more sleep in our life. Yes, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm uh, certainly one that doesn't uh, follow that as much as I possibly could. You know, I'm, I'm sort of uh, sleeping in a foreign bed when I go to Gladstone to work and all those sorts of things quite often. But uh, yeah, I, I'd love to be able to just have a half an hour during the day just to switch off and help the mind settle too, you know, so... Very yeah. important, uh, great, great philosophy, mate. I'd, I'd never heard that um, that uh, principle of the seven S's. So very much, uh, some of those are out of whack for me. I was brought into the strength training, and I've sort of dropped that off. But I, I feel my body's ready for it again, you know. So being able to bring that back in is, is important, and also the the saunas are so good for people that uh, maybe not may may not like lifting weights, just to be able to uh, sweat it out, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sauna's about just cleansing the body. You know, it's a, you know, it's been an ancient tradition in a lot of tribal cultures, and uh, I think it's starting to take a, a reemergence. And uh, I love them. There's a, a great one in Iceland. It's a Bondi, which I tend to get down to uh, quite regularly during the week. Are you getting into the ice baths as well? Are you, are you getting into the cold therapy at all? Or? Yeah, look, I'm starting to uh, turn up a lot. I must admit, there's a new venue in Bondi called Slow House, and they've got a sauna and an ice bath where you go from the sauna into the ice bath. And um, I'm actually giving that a go tomorrow. It's only just open, so I'm going to give that. I'm not a big fan of being cold, so uh, I'm just curious to see how it goes. <laughs> Hot cold therapy is very good for us. You know, it's sort of it just you know it just flushes everything out really, really well. I think uh, it'll be interesting, mate. You just got to. Uh, basically get out of the mind and just and just uh, get into the moment when when you touch into that sort of stuff if you overthink it that's when the the body will react if you sort of just fluent with it and let it happen hopefully it'll work okay for you uh, i'll give it a try tomorrow i'll just try and almost like a meditation experience then you're saying yeah absolutely the guy that okay. was on this podcast before you mark clue clue he's uh 
he's basically the Australian version of Wim Hof, and uh, he's setting up a, a retreat centre in country Victoria at the moment. Um, and uh, it's, it's changed his life. It's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. So I know I, I used to do cold therapy you know, years ago, and I've sort of dropped off a bit. I'd love to be able to do more of it up here, like the heat and the cold is just so good for us. It just gets all the cells working and uh, helps the breath get into a rhythm and a flow, flushes everything out, basically the mind. The mind gets a, um, a bit of a, uh, a clean out as well, so it gets rid of the cobwebs. It's, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing just to be able to, uh, to get into that, that environment. So, mate, you're very lucky to be uh, close to, uh, to a, a setup like that by the sounds of it, for sure. Oh, I look forward to it now. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, but it's just about matter of just getting calm before you, you go and do it. You know, if you're tense and you're thinking too much, the body's going to be tense, as you know. So it's interesting stuff. Mate, um, that, that's, that's tremendous with what you've done. I'd really like you to talk more about what you're doing now. So you're, you've, you've actually started a film or you, you've got a film coming out. You're doing uh, you know, mindfulness retreats, oh, meditation retreats. It, it, it keeps cutting out. I don't know if you can find my phone or that problem. That's very difficult to hear, that's all. Right, I no, got you, got you now. Um, so you're, you're basically at the stage now where you're starting to get retreats out there and you're starting to do um one-on-one workshops and 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 so forth with people as well but also the film that you've got coming out is very exciting i'd like you to sort of you know talk us through a little bit about that so i i didn't catch that it was just literally cutting out all the way through um could you try and repeat it again yeah sure just tom uh just to talk about uh about the portal about the film you've got coming out uh the film right yeah so the portal film is a film that explores Living through meditation, and we look at how we set up crisis, how our of life can lead us to situations that generate a crisis experience, mm-hmm. and how we can move through and beyond crisis by shifting our mindset using meditation mindfulness. And we look at that through the lens of six individual stories. And we also look at it through a macro perspective of a, a, what is a global crisis? You know, why are we on the cusp of global crisis? And and out of these, it's in and out for the fit. The film in Montreal. Yeah, so the portal is a film that explores crisis and how to move through crisis using mindfulness and meditation. And we film six individual stories that we look at this through the lens of. And um, we filmed them in Montreal, in the USA, in a Syrian refugee camp in Jordan where these people have gone through their own dark night. And it's kind of like inspired by my own story and how I got out of my own dark night of the soul through meditation and mindfulness and so we found these stories and we did a lot of research around the world trying to find inspiring unique stories um, that are very diverse and um, we pitch we patch them all together through the film we weave in and out of these stories and in amongst those stories we speak to three futurists these very sort of high level philosophers spiritual sages that explore humanity and our own possible humanitarian crisis you know where we are as a species and the existential threat that we face 
and how that's also uh, a shift in consciousness that we need to to get ourselves through that as well. Mm. So it's a rich, beautiful film that's quite unique. It's a little bit challenging for some and um, very rewarding for others. So um, we're excited to bring it out to the world in about four weeks' time, or very soon anyway. So it'll be available to be purchased and... uh... Uh, rather than going through the mainstream cinemas and so forth, it's just like a, a documentary which pe- people can buy online and watch. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It'll be on our website, entertheportal.com, and people will be able to rent it there. Yeah, cool. We'll talk about that in a moment with regards to how people can access that and, and also your other sure. be- beautiful work. Um, so you're also doing you're doing uh, like teaching, so you're doing coaching, uh, meditation coaching as well, and you're also doing retreats uh, with groups. Is that right at the moment? Yeah, that's right. You know, we've been blessed in Australia. You know, we can still run retreats. So we had a couple of sold-out retreats in Byron Bay a couple of months ago and the, and the month before that. And then we've got one next month in Melbourne in Dandenong Ranges, which is almost sold out as well. So, yeah, you know, it's been great. You know, I love running retreats. It's such a powerful immersion into not just the practice but in their own transformation, mm. very impacting. And then I run weekend workshops teaching meditation and coaching people um, how to become conscious leaders in the world as well. Mm. Busy man, mate. Incredible. I, I guess, look, there's there's so much to learn from someone like you because you've had the lived experience and you, you've actually like been where a lot of lot of guys are at. Now, I'm sure there's there's, there's plenty of, of fellas and, and men and also women out there that are experiencing experiencing challenges with with their own mental health, with anxiety and depression and so forth. And you were you were at a stage where you were basically in that uh, in that space where you, you didn't know where to go. And I, I guess through uh, your own experience you've been able to sort of see both sides being able to see the medical model but also what happens when you step into the the space of self-healing and uh and allow that uh allow that process to happen and i really believe that the body and mind is always constantly trying to get well and, and heal itself but when it's sort of out of balance that's when things pop up and Unfortunately, we've just been really conditioned uh, away from our intuitive knowing and that sort of takes us to a place where we outsource um, you know, our, our physical and mental health and that's been part of our lives you know, since we were young, young I suppose, uh, young men and women. And uh, uh, I, I just really, I've seen so much uh, evidence of people that have been able to turn their lives around like yourself, uh, physically or mentally, uh, people that have had you know disease in the body and been able to reverse that through through uh, you know changing their diets and their lifestyle, but also people that have got you know imbalances in the mind to be able to sort of heal through a stillness practice is um, is basically available to us all, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, it's important that if we're going to live in this world and we've got a mind we want to make sure that we we treat that mind with the respect and what it means is not overloading it with huge demands and huge information supply mm. but to actually give it a breather and you know, give it time out not sleeping in an unconscious state but to go into a deep meditation space is um is something that i think we'll start to see more and more people embracing and realizing how important that is that we do that mm. it's interesting tom um I was working in Tassie with the government, and when the new hospital got built down there, I was I was in a in a position where I was really pushing hard to get meditation rooms installed, and they wouldn't do it. You know, uh, this is a stressful environment where people just need to get away from stimulation and and be quiet. But uh, we're sort of not embracing it uh, in in this society uh, as much as you know we possibly could, just to be able to value. Um, the de-stress uh, you know, mechanism rather than just keeping people in that sort of fight and flight and stress mode consistently. And I guess 
maybe there's an agenda behind that that actually you know pushes people towards consuming to be able to get that balance back but you know ideally um the the humanology of it all is to try and get out of that thinking mind back to balance again and just give the the, the mind a chance to settle and to heal and i just think you know, that example of having a meditation room, whether it be in a school or a workplace or whatever, or somewhere where people just go away and just debrief is going to um, provide an environment where people can actually like self-regulate rather than be reactive, I guess. And that's what happens a lot in, in our society. People become reactive uh, and that causes, you know, it's that, that brings consequences, whether it be through behavior or or, you know, disease in the body and so forth. So, you know, I just think we've got a lot to learn um, in this culture to be able to make these changes more in the future. Yeah, we're getting there slowly, slowly, making changes. Yeah, it's it's a matter of um, just uh, just hanging in there and keep doing what you're doing to be able to give people the tools to be able to manage their lives a little bit better, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah, look, I mean, I think um, we're... It, it takes a long time for something to go from being unfamiliar to being familiar. And, uh, you know, I can see that there's progress and I can see that there's change. It's easy to get impatient with that. But at the same time, um, you know, we're, we're seeing where we've come from in the last 15, 20 years is quite phenomenal. So uh, onwards and upwards. And what, what I like to do is look and, you know, Daniel from the film, he asked uh, us to ask the audiences of the world the, when we were doing media and stuff, to ask the audience to start considering what does an enlightened society look like? Mm. Because if we don't entertain that idea, we don't have a roadmap for where we're going. And um, this is something that we've been exploring a lot more of. You know, what, what is the blueprint for an enlightened society? What do we, how does an enlightened society act? How does it behave? What's the education system look like? Mm. What does the finance system look like? What is the political system and the sporting system look like? And so we start to develop a bit of a roadmap for how we can move ourselves forward in life. And that's something that, um, you know, we, we've been passing on that Daniel, who was in the film, asked us to do with our audiences. Mm, that's that's beautiful. And really uh, also a roadmap for men primarily. We, we sort of don't get that uh, that guidance on how to be successful, uh, you know, husband, father, all those sorts of things. And that sort of creates... Uh, you know, issues in our own, uh, I suppose, self-belief and, and awareness as we move through life. So uh, to be able to um, you know, give people these tools is, is really important. But um, I guess, uh, you know, what you've just touched on there is, is going to be fairly profound by the sounds because I just think that uh, you have the ability to be able to change a lot of people's lives through what you're doing here. Yeah, thanks. I mean, that's, uh, that's the goal, hopefully, is to people realize that there's more to not just um, our own inner world but to life itself and it's a deep conditioning that we've got that this acquisition mode if I get more if I experience more I'll be more fulfilled and I think we're starting to realize through our own collective research that uh, that's not the path to true fulfillment that we're uh, not only burning ourselves into extinction we're, we're just simply not getting happier as we have been proven through you know studies done on, on levels of depression and anxiety in the world as we get wealthier yeah absolutely. so we've got to we've got to find a different pathway yeah the, definitely the colonial model is, is outdated in many ways but uh i guess the more people that can be aware of that and be able to you know have the tools to, to self-regulate and they won't get swept up in the consumer lifestyle as much which is causing all the, the issues in, in, in its essence i guess yeah Tom, uh, yeah. sorry, mate. 
Uh, I was That's gonna, right. Yeah, I was just going to say meditation is a, is a great tool for us to be able to do that. It, it is, and it's 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 foreign to a lot of us because we just uh, that that sense of stillness is, is not something that uh, that we contemplate. We're too busy on the go, where the amygdala in the in the in the brain is always active, you know, and we need to be able to turn that off and and sort of step back in the gears to be able to get back to neutral more. Uh, it's a skill that uh, we just don't understand in this culture, but I guess at the end of the day, if we can sort of make it simple for people to understand that they need to be able to just, you know, slow down a little bit more uh, to be able to balance that go with the slow, because it's all, all go, as you know. Uh, it's, um, it's very, very important to be able to, uh, you know, get the most out of, out of life. And we're not just here to be, uh, you know, taxpayers and consumers at the end of the day. Life's so much more beautiful than, uh, than what we actually... Uh, see and uh and experience in this general experience of where we're where we're in at the moment i suppose so you know there's lots to lots to be grateful for and lots to um to, to see in the world that we haven't actually uh you've been exposed to previously so meditation is a great way to get into that mate um i was going to ask you what what are the top three you know health tips you could recommend for guys out there that they could do on a daily basis look i think looking after our mind is the first one which is meditating um, and finding a meditation technique that works for you and you feel connected with it and drawn to it. Um, I think another thing is connection uh, is really important to us, um, even though we kind of don't prioritise it, but, you know, I make sure that I have time with my family and loved ones, you know, having connections so important. Um, and just, uh, you know, physically looking after our apparatus. A lot of guys tend to, you know, look after our cars more than we look after our body, but our body is going to be here for, you know, 80, 90, 100, 120 years. Mm. Uh, and if we gave that vehicle that's going to move us around from A to B for our entire life, the respect that it deserves, they can really look after us in a really good way. So, mm. you know, eating good food, drinking lots of clean water, keeping away from putting too many toxins in your body, working out, stretching, sweating, you know, making sure that you do all the things that keeps your body in tip top shape. Uh, mentally and physically and emotionally mm. and uh, for me you know and I'm 53 and I'm probably fitter and stronger than I've ever been but that's because I put a lot of attention into maintaining and looking after and respecting my body the way I should do yeah. which uh, it took me, took me a long time to learn that I must admit yeah same with us all uh, mate uh, don't worry about that but um, certainly uh, it's never too late to make these changes and it's about being patient not trying to get too far too quick I think that's really important yeah, absolutely. Mate, uh, how can people find you? Uh, I'd really like some people to connect with you, to give some information about uh, about what you're doing, the Stillness Project, but also, you know, more importantly, the portal. Um, that's going to be an amazing, uh, amazing feature which is coming out soon. I'm sure I'll be able to help people connect with that too uh, as time goes on. But you've got a website, is that right? Yeah, they can go to Tom Cronin um, for my website and Tom Cronin on Instagram. They're the two places they'll find me mainly. Um, and then for the film, they can find me at Enter the Portal. That's uh, mm-hmm. E-N-T-E-R, so Enter the Portal. Okay, just com. Google that. Yep, great. Yep, they'll find it. Great, mate. Um, sounds uh, sounds like you're a busy man and you, you've got lots of balls in the air. So being able to manage all that, to be able to do the, the, the seven S's, uh, to be able to do all the work you're doing, uh, helping others, is a tremendous thing. So, you know, at 53, you you um, you you really should be proud of yourself to where you are um, or where you are now compared to where you could have been if you started in that finance industry. And um, uh, you know, you you've really been able to uh, 
turn your own life around be able to turn a lot of other people's lives around so full credit to you tom and um uh, i just think uh watch this space with yourself because uh 53 uh become 53 54 55 pretty quickly and it's only getting better and better for you so um really uh grateful for your time uh, spending with me here uh, having a discussion on this and I'm looking forward to you know watching your work and watching you grow and evolve as uh, as the years go by from now so I really appreciate it mate thanks so much for having me on it's been great to be here chatting no worries mate talk to you soon all right thanks so much cheers there you go guys Tom Cronin uh, incredible man like I've watched uh, Tom and, and sort of followed his journey for a while uh, I've sort of been on my own path and sort of come in and out of Tom's scene a little bit but He's really one of the best uh, best teachers uh, of, of meditation, I believe, in Australia because uh, he, he makes it so easy and he's just uh, really understandable. He's, he doesn't complicate things too much. There's no, um, no, no real, um, I suppose, uh, weird stuff that goes with meditation with the way, with the way Tom speak, uh, speaks and teaches about it and same with myself I try and make it very practical for people and I just think it's such an important thing for us to be able to embrace these days so uh, you know if you want to touch base and look at Tom's work tomcronin.com.au and the, uh, the film he's got coming out entertheportal.com um, I just think it's going to be an amazing uh, Amazing thing for people to actually see and, and watch and observe to be able to understand themselves but also understand life uh, in its higher essence in general. So if you'd like to uh, contact me or support me in any way, uh, the email is support.outbackmind.com.au. The website is www.outbackmind.com.au. And uh, yeah, love to have a chat if you uh, want some uh, some help in some way with regards to uh, men's mental health uh, within your particular communities. If there's anything that I can do to help out, uh, maybe bring a guest on from your location where you are to talk about uh, men's health in the area. I want to try and bring more uh, people from rural Australia onto this podcast to talk about their own experiences and what's happening in their communities. So appreciate your time listening to Tom and I tonight and uh, talk to you uh, very soon for another podcast. Thanks very much. Cheers.